Treating shock. Hypovolemic shock. In hypovolemic shock caused by bleeding, it is necessary to immediately control the bleeding or fluid loss and restore the patient's circulating blood volume by giving infusions of isotonic crystalloid solutions such as normal saline or lactated ringers. Blood transfusions are necessary for loss of large amounts of blood, greater than 20% of blood volume, but can be avoided in smaller and slower losses. Hypovolemia due to burns, diarrhea, vomiting, etc. is treated with infusions of isotonic crystalloids that balance the nature of the fluid loss. Sodium is essential to keep the blood infused in the extracellular and intravascular space while preventing water intoxication, a condition where fluids have literally washed away all the electrolytes resulting in altered mental status and brain swelling. Metabolic acidosis, mainly due to lactic acid, accumulates as a result of poor delivery of oxygen to the tissues and mirrors the severity of the shock. It is best treated by rapidly restoring intravascular volume and perfusion as above. Inotropic and vasoconstrictive drugs should be avoided as they may interfere with in knowing blood volume has returned to normal. Regardless of the cause, the restoration of the circulating volume is priority. As soon as the airway is maintained and oxygen administered, the next step is to transport the patient to definitive care and commence replacement of fluids via intravenous route. Opinions vary on the type of fluids to be used in shock. The most common are crystalloids such as sodium chloride or Hartman solution, Ringer's lactate. Dextrose solutions that contain free water are less effective at reestablishing circulating volume. Colloids, for example, synthetic albumin, polygylene, succulented gelatin, and head of starch. Colloids are, in general, much more expensive than crystalloid solutions and have not been conclusively shown to be of any real benefit in the treatment of shock, which is why we as EMS personnel typically don't carry colloid solutions. Combinations, some clinicians argue that individually colloids and crystalloids can further exacerbate the problem and suggest a combination of crystalloid and colloid solutions. Blood, essential in, this, in severe hemorrhagic shock, often pre-warmed and rapidly infused. Blood may come in the flavor of packed red blood cells, whole blood, or plasma. Cardiogenic shock. The main goals of the treatment of cardiogenic shock are the reestablishment of circulation to the myocardium, minimizing heart muscle damage, and improving the heart's effectiveness as a pump. This is most often performed by percutaneous coronary intervention, angioplasty, insertion of a stent, small tube instead inserted into a blood vessel to hold it open, in the culprit coronary lesion or sometimes by cardiac bypass. Although this is a protection reaction, the shock itself will induce problems. The circulatory system being less efficient, the body gets exhausted, and finally the blood circulation and the breathing slow down and finally stop cardiac arrest. The main way to avoid this deadly consequence is to make the blood pressure rise again with fluid replacement with intravenous fluids like normal saline and lactated ringers, use of vasopressing drugs such as to induce vasoconstriction like dopamine, use of blankets to keep the patient warm. Distributive shock. In distributive shock caused by sepsis, the infection is treated with antibiotics and supportive care is given. Anaphylaxis is treated with epinephrine to stimulate cardiac performance and corticosteroids to reduce the inflammatory response. In neurogenic shock, because vasodilation of the legs, one of the most suggested treatments is placing the patient in the Trandelenburg position, elevating the legs and shunting blood back to the periphery of the body's core. However, since blood vessels are highly compliant and expand as a result of increased volume locally, this technique does not work. More suitable would be the use of vasopressors. Obstructive shock. In obstructive shock, the only therapy consists of removing the obstruction. Inserting a chest tube treats pneumothorax or hemothorax. Pulmonary embolism requires thrombolysis to reduce the size of the clot or embolectomy, removal of a thrombus. Cardiac tamponade is treated by draining the pericardial sac through pericardial synthesis in the emergency department. 
The prognosis of shock depends on the underlying cause and the nature and extent of concurrent problems. Hypovolemic, anaphylactic, and neurogenic shocks are easily treatable and, and respond well to medical therapy. Septic shock, however, is a grave condition with a mortality rate between 30 and 50%. Shock is said to evolve from reversible to irreversible an experimental hemorrhagic shock involving certain animal species, dogs, rats, and mice, that develop intense vasoconstriction of the gut. Death is due to hemorrhagic necrosis of the intestinal lining when shed blood is reinfused. In pigs and humans, this is not seen, and cessation of bleeding and restoration of blood volume is usually very effective, and prolonged hypovolemia and hypotension does not carry the risk of respiratory and then cardiac arrest. Perfusion of the brain may be the greatest danger during shock. Therefore, urgent treatment, cessation of bleeding, rapid restoration of circulating blood volume, and ready, ready respiratory support is essential for a good progno prognosis of hypovolemic shock.